you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we've got another special guest that we're talking to here today. Another Orioles minor leaguer is joining the podcast, and this time, it is right-handed pitcher Matthew Vogel. Now, we talked about Matthew on an episode earlier this winter when he signed a minor league free agent deal with the Orioles after pitching the last four seasons in independent ball. Well, today we get to talk to Matthew about his journey. He was drafted by the Rays, released shortly after four years in indie ball, and he talks about how he was found by the Orioles this offseason, which led to a minor league deal. We talk about his stuff on the mound, his years in independent ball, and how it shaped him as a person and a pitcher, and much, much more with right-hander Matthew Vogel. So that is all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. But before we get there, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And remember, we're the only O's podcast out there bringing you three episodes a week, even as this lockout continues on in Major League Baseball. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure to like, follow, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And if you are a listener on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you could give us a five-star rating and a review on either of those apps, that really, really helps out the pod a lot. But again, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, we are talking to Matthew Vogel right-handed pitcher who the Orioles signed to a minor league free agent deal earlier this offseason. Vogel, who was originally drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays as a 25th round selection all the way back in 2016 out of South Carolina, where he pitched three solid seasons for the Gamecocks. He was drafted by the Rays, but he only pitched two years in the Rays system. He had a 3-5-4 ERA in 28 innings in 2016. Then in 2017, between low A Hudson Valley and high A Charlotte, he ended up with a 5-5-0 ERA in 36 innings out of the bullpen, and that was it. He was released, and he signed with an independent team, the New Jersey Jackals, and he pitched for the Jackals 2018, 2019, and 2021, and put up some pretty solid numbers. And in 2021 with the Jackals, 35 appearances out of the bullpen, 40 and two-thirds innings, a 4-2-0 ERA, but he struck out 62 batters in that time, almost 14 Ks per nine. Then he went to the Atlantic League, the top independent league in professional baseball, signing with the Long Island Ducks. All he did there was four appearances out of the bullpen, five scoreless innings, two hits, 11 Ks, two walks, and then he was on everybody's radar after that. He worked out with the Orioles and got signed by the O's to a minor league contract this offseason. But we wanted to know, you know, what that journey was really like for Vogel, from the SEC to the Rays to independent ball and now to the Orioles. So we're going to talk with him right now, going through all of it. All of it that has gone through his baseball career, talk about on the field, off the field stuff, a really good conversation with 26-year-old right-handed pitcher Matthew Vogel, one of the newest Orioles. We get to that conversation right now. All right, so we welcome Matthew Vogel into the podcast, right-handed pitcher who was signed to a minor league deal by the Orioles this offseason. And Matthew, first of all, thank you so much for taking some time to hop on the pod. 
Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and so we uh, we had an episode earlier this offseason where we actually looked a bit into your career after you signed, and uh, it's great to now have you on the podcast to talk about it. But obviously, the first thing I have to ask you is, you know, you started your career briefly in affiliated ball before pitching in indie ball for a few years. What was that feeling like to get that call from the O's and get that contract back into affiliated ball? And that's that's what I've been aiming for, obviously, for the past, you know, what, three, four years, ever since I started playing indie ball. Um, so it was, uh, it was very refreshing, like a weight off the, you know, off your shoulders. Um, but I had spent some time down in Florida uh, at the spring training facility during uh, about towards the, the end of October, middle until the middle of November, doing a, a workout with them. Um, not really knowing what I was going to get out of it. Um, and I actually left there with a lot of information and a lot of, a lot of help, um, more so guidance, what I needed to work on in the off season. Um, after I left Florida, it was probably about two, two to three weeks till I heard back. And then the O's decided to sign me and I, I couldn't be happier. That's awesome. I mean, was that the only, you know, team specific workout you did? Were you in talks with, with other teams throughout this process once, you know, even during the indie ball season and then once it ended? I haven't, to be honest, I haven't talked to a single um, affiliated team since I got released by the race. Um, I had, I've been in brief contact with the, with the Phillies only because we have a, um, a scout in the area that's pretty high up. Um, and I've known them since, since high school, but really other than that, it, yeah, it was kind of, I'll just put it like this after my, the indie ball season ended, um, I had gotten married, then went on a honeymoon and then was down to Florida for a month. So really there was a, about a, a month and a half span where I really had no idea what the hell was going on. Like it, it was, there was just so, so many things happening. Um, and I still really haven't had the time to kind of just sit back and just relax and just think about everything. Um, eventually that will come, but, but yeah, I haven't really talked to anybody. Now, what was the, you know, you talk about working out with them and then you signed the deal kind of, how did that get put together was it you reaching out doing a workout the Orioles being there was it them you know reaching out to your people how did that come together especially with it being you know the the Orioles the only team that really had contacted you and then you eventually signing with them so I had uh Jackson McDonald had um contacted me probably a few weeks after the my season had ended and he was giving me all the information, but nothing was really set in stone yet. Um, and everything kind of came to fruition. Um, so I spent, like I said, I spent a, a month down there um, throwing, throwing to some of the rehab guys. Um, and yeah, again, it was me and about four other guys that were down there. And we were talking talk amongst each other and we, we didn't know what was going on. Um, we knew we were there for obviously a, a purpose, but we didn't know what we were going to kind of get out of it. Um, so it was, again, it was kind of just go down there, show them what you got kind of deal. 
And like I said, after probably two, three weeks afterwards, got got called to say that they were going to sign me. Um, and now we're here. Yeah, what a what an interesting just timeline it is because it's yeah. almost like, I mean, you know, you, you hear of guys who work out for teams. They've got, you know, maybe three or four different teams coming to watch them. You know, it's basically mm-hmm. a showcase. You're trying to get signed. This was almost the opposite. Three or four guys working out for just the Orioles. And you guys don't really yeah. know what's going to happen at the end. But obviously you, you did something uh, to stand out there. And, and we know, you know, the O's had, you know, probably had their eye on you before. And we know another big thing is, is how much data uh, teams get from indie ball leagues and not just from, you know, the Atlantic league anymore. And I know that, right. you know, the, the leagues you were pitching in and the frontier league with New Jersey now has a lot more data sharing with major league baseball. So how much do you think that helped you? Because I think 2021 was the first big year where, you know, all that data from the frontier league is also, you know, available to teams. So I believe it was, so when I was in Jersey in the Frontier League, they had just implemented. I don't know. I don't know what the the cameras were or anything. I know it wasn't a track man. I know, obviously, not a Hawkeye or whatever. Um, but my time that I spent in the Atlantic League with the Ducks, I mean, I was only there for a week. Um, and I think with the track man, you can funnel that data throughout wherever. So, because I remember sitting in a meeting with one of the, the player development guys when I was down in Florida with the Orioles. And we had a, a conversation about the numbers and, and just kind of basically a rundown of what I should throw, what I shouldn't throw, where I should throw it or not. Um, and he had all the information from when I was with the Ducks. So I, I'm going to guess that that's where they got the data from because prior to that, I had never thrown on the track, man. I've only thrown on a rap soda. Um, so that week playing with the ducks in the Atlantic league, I think really kind of started this whole thing. Cause I know, I know a lot of guys aren't, aren't coming to watch the games anymore just because everything that's been going on and whatnot. Um, so they, they're relying on all this data. Um, and if they like what they see with the numbers, then I guess that was the case for us four guys going down to Florida to now actually put it into to see it live and see, you know, not just the numbers and actually throw to hitters and and everything like that. Yeah, they know the the numbers were good. I'm sure the spin rates were good, but it helped that, you know, it was only four appearances, but it probably helped that you shoved as well uh, with the Ducks. I mean, five scoreless innings, 11 Ks like that. That jumps off the page to anybody, especially for a guy like you who's pitching in the frontier league. And I, and I think most people agree, like the Atlantic league is the top of the food chain in terms yeah. of, of the independent league. So once you make that jump and immediately have that success, I mean, people were, were probably looking around, but I wanted to, to ask you about your time with New Jersey Jackals. Cause that was, that was kind of your independent league team for three seasons. So what was that experience like to, to not just go there in 2018, but to, to stick around and, you know, I'm sure be, become kind of one of the veterans on that team by the time you got to 2021. So it, it was more so of, uh, I was very close with the, the manager um, where we would bump heads a lot, but we, we had like a certain level of respect for one another and we can, we could float ideas off one another. So in 28, oh no, I'm sorry. In 2019, when I went, 
I had gone as a starter. I had started half the season. Um, went okay. Okay. Um, obviously, you probably know I was known for, you know, walking guys and whatnot. Um, so I had decided not to play in 2020. They had held like a little COVID uh, season. And I think that not playing that summer really kind of helped me just in like a, a, a mental state of kind of just, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love this game, but there's, there's more to life than just baseball. And I think not playing that summer really opened my eyes and just kind of took a lot of pressure off me. So going back to the 2021 season, this past season, that's the kind of mindset that I went into um, the season with. And it was kind of just night and day from the previous years. What, uh, what in 2020, if there's anything you want to share that you did in your time off or even just, you know, little things that you did that, that really helped you, you know, get, not get through that time, but make that time valuable for yourself. Uh, probably, I think I didn't miss a weekend of, of golf. Me and my buddies literally played golf every single weekend. So it was just kind of getting away from baseball in the sense of just doing something else, finding, not necessarily finding another hobby, but kind of just taking the mind away and kind of just starting fresh and whatnot. Um, because that was, that summer was the first summer that I had had being able to hang out with and with family and friends um, since, I don't know, since I was 11 years old. So I think that's what was really my main reason for not wanting to play. Um, and I understand that it could have helped me out if I played, but I was just ready to kind of just take the next step in, in the sense of getting ready for life after baseball um, to see what it was like. And obviously it's not like playing golf every weekend. I understand. I know that. Um, but again, like I said, it was kind of just more the, the, the mental that, uh, I needed to work on. Yeah. So you, you know, indie ball for three years, you were drafted by the Rays initially two years in their system before going to play indie ball. Was, was there a point over the last three or four years where you felt like it was time to, to truly hang it up for baseball wise? And, and I'm sure, you know, that crept into your mind while not playing in 2020, but were there other times where, you know, you thought about making that decision? Um, not, not fully. Um, it's definitely crossed my mind. Um, I've given myself kind of a time frame, but now with the, now getting signed with the Orioles, it kind of puts what I had in mind, kind of it's paused a little bit. Um, but I'm trying, I want to play this game for as long as I can. And when I'm done playing, I want to be involved with the game for as long as I can. And I mean, that's just, this is what I've been doing since I was, you know, four or five years old. And I don't really plan on stopping anytime soon. So we'll get back to our conversation with Orioles minor league right-hander Matthew Vogel in just a second. But first, let's talk about Built Bar because it's the time of year where usually... I've pretty much given up on any kind of New Year's resolutions, but 
Not this year. This year, I'm sticking to the resolution to eat a little better, and that's all thanks to Built Bar. And the reason why it's been easier, well, the Built Bars taste delicious, but they're still good for you. And here's the thing. You know, you've heard about Built Bar on this podcast, but have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, then you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. Fluffy, marshmallowy, and covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got great flavors like coconut marshmallow and banana cream pie as well. And they're still the classic Built Bars with all their great flavors, just 130 calories and 17 grams of protein. So to get your hands on all of these goodies that are good for you as well, go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Yeah, and so that that playing career you've had, you know, I think we've we've heard stuff about, you know, high-level college baseball. You played at South Carolina and being in the minor leagues, but can you give the listeners kind of a taste of the life in independent ball, especially in the Frontier League? You know, you were with the New Jersey Jackals for three seasons. What is that lifestyle like compared to a week-by-week of a, of a minor league player? So it, it's kind of away from the field. It's very similar in a way. I mean, I'm sure you've seen stuff with what the minor leaguers have to deal with, um, with housing and the type of food that they eat and, and whatnot. Um, on the field, it's indie ball is more, obviously, sound weird, but more independent. You're on your own. There's not much kind of structure in a way. So you have you're on your own in the sense of what you need to do that day what you feel like you need to get done um and and in the minors it's more so of you know it's the coaches are bouncing ideas off you what they think you should do um and that's that's really all that i think the difference is um the level of play obviously depending on where you're playing what indie ball league you're playing at um but other than that, they are, to me, in my opinion, they're very similar. Yeah, I, I know that, you know, if you're in the minor leagues, you're obviously working with a pitching coach in whatever team you're with, but you're also going to hear from pitching coordinator, maybe major league pitching coach, maybe front office people. But I'm sure with New Jersey that you can talk to, like you guys have a pitching coach. And really other than that, like, you know, that's who you're hearing from. And as you said, it's, it's kind of just on you, it sounds like. Yeah, it's and the thing is, we didn't really have a pitching coach. Um, our manager was kind of labeled as our pitching coach, um, and he played. He got up to AAA with, I believe, the Phillies back in like the seventies or something like that. Um, but there was, like I said, there there was really no structure, so it's not like you could go to kind of go to him with what you're trying to work on um, because it's more new school now with the data and stuff like that. Um, and it's not so, not that I want to say it's not so simple anymore because it still is, but there's more that goes into it. Um, so not having kind of someone to understand the data. And that's where I felt like I kind of took a, not a leadership role in a way, but for the, for the younger kids who were just coming out of college, who didn't really understand 
all the numbers and whatnot. Um, me and a few other guys were there to kind of guide them through and kind of tell them, you know, what they should throw, where they shouldn't throw it. You know, if you have high spin up in the zone, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we were all kind of our own little pitching coaches um, that kind of just helped each other out. How much do you think that helped you not only as a pitcher, but, you know, maybe moving forward in, in eventually signing with the Orioles, because I know you put out the, a tweet in July that you still have pinned to your profile with, you know, mm-hmm. your repertoire and, you know, your, your velocities and, and, you know, your spin rates and, and trying to obviously get that affiliated ball opportunity, which you got, but how much do you think it helped yourself on the mound that you're helping these guys with what to throw, how to look at the numbers and you're almost, you know, working with a little bit of a player coach in New Jersey, it seemed like. Yeah. So it, it's more so of, I like to think that it's the, it's more new school during the off season with um, all this, the, the spin rate, the movement and stuff like that, uh, all the data. Um, but when it's time for in season, it's old school baseball. It's old school pitching mentality, everything. But now you could still use that new school with all the, all the information you have and apply it to what you do in season. And if something isn't going or something feels off while you're in season and you have those numbers to look back on, then you know kind of what the problem is and how to, and how to fix it. Um, when all the, the spin and stuff like that first kind of came out, I really wasn't a fan of it. To be honest, I hated it because to me, that's not what I thought pitching was. And being an indie baller and not being affiliated, I had, I had to understand it. I had to learn it. So I've, I've came to, to like it in, in a way. Um, Cause I had no choice. Really had no, no, yeah, I had no opportunity to kind of just, if I was an affiliated ball, it's different. Um, but any ball you, you need, cause that's what's getting guys signed now is, is the numbers. Um, so yeah, it, it can't hurt is what I, I've came to realize. It can only help you. You know, you're talking about the, the use of these numbers and it almost seemed like kind of like an adapter die being in the in indie ball with, with that kind of stuff. So, you know, let's talk about what you throw, like who Matthew Vogel is on the mound. I know it's a it's a fastball, curveball, cutter guy. How is that repertoire developed for you from, you know, a freshman at South Carolina to, you know, the, the guy you are today in your mid 20s? How have you lost pitches? Have you gained pitches? And, and you know, what, what did it look like then versus what is it now? So everything's really the same. Um, I, I, I do throw a changeup. I've always kind of thrown a changeup. I've just never actually thrown it. I've always had it. Um, and that was actually a big thing for when I was down in Florida, where in the bullpen, my changeup's good and everything like that. Um, so when I started throwing live down in Florida, they wanted me to throw it more because I guess it was, it was the track man was getting good numbers on it or whatever the case was. Um, so, and that's kind of been really a focal point for me this off season of kind of working on the change up, getting a better feel for it. And I don't want to say that I never needed it. it I just kind of never felt comfortable with it. Um, 
I always thought it was a great pitch, but for me, it was kind of just, it was very inconsistent. Um, but yeah, fastball, cutter, curveball mainly. Um, and the, the cutter is probably, I've been throwing the cutter since, uh, since high school. At that time, it was probably more of like a slider in a way. Um, but that's, I feel like that's my, not my best pitch, but the, the pitch that I have kind of the most confidence in. Because when I was in college, that's all I threw. So I've just, I've learned to how to kind of manipulate it in a way of movement wise, how much I want it to move and whatever the case is. Um, and then the curveball is, it was another thing where when I was down in Florida, they wanted me to, to make it a little smaller and throw it a little harder. So that's been another kind of focal point that I've been, been, uh, been working on this off season. Um, so it's kind of, again, I, I'm very confident in my stuff. I'm not somebody who throws, you know, 98, 99. I'll, I'll live 92 to 95, but I'm going to pitch like I throw a hundred miles an hour. And I feel all my pitches work off my fastball, which is obviously what you, what you want. Um, so I feel very, very confident in all four of my pitches now after working on the changeup a lot this off season. I did want to ask about, you know, the, the curveball a little bit, because from watching your video, you know, it sticks out. It's, it's, it's a big curveball. It's mid seventies. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, off the table. And did you push back at all on, on tightening it up and, and throwing it a little harder? Or have you found that to be a good transition for you? No, cause I've, I've been, I've been trying to throw it harder for the past five years, ever since I was with the Rays. Um, and I just couldn't figure it out. Um, so I've been trying to make it a little bit smaller and harder. Um, so, and I, I think I'm pretty close to achieving that. Um, so it's, I guess we're going to have to wait and find out to be honest. Um, but yeah, I've always had, to me, I've always had a good curveball. Um, but to me, it can always get, it always can be better. Um, and to me, if the curveball was, you know, a little smaller and not so kind of, not necessarily loopy, but big, um, it played better off my fastball. So that's what I'm trying to kind of achieve. Yeah. Excited to see those pitches, you know, remade a little bit and uh, we about two months for minor league opening day here. Now you did mention, you know, throwing that thing with the Rays. And I wanted to talk about the Rays just, just a little bit, because that is the team okay. that drafted you 25th round pick in 2016 out of SC. And it was two years there. And kind of my one thing I do want to ask is just, you know, we, we hear all about like what the Rays can do with player development with minor leaguers. Like, what do you think is the biggest thing you took away from the two seasons in the Rays organization? Kind of, I have nothing but respect for the, for the organization because they gave me, they kind of gave me an opportunity, but kind of, I think I really kind of messed myself up. Um, the two off seasons of, uh, they kind of obviously wanted us to take time off from throwing whatever it was two two and a half months. And that's what I did. And it didn't really work out for me. 
I had never really taken that time off from throwing and I never had any injuries or anything like that. So when I started back up throwing and everything, I didn't feel good at all. My shoulder kind of felt very kind of weak. Um, so it was more so the, the past few off seasons since I got released, I've been throwing basically all year round. As the season's over, I'll take maybe a week or two off, but that's it. Um, but with the raise, it was to me, I, I look how I, what kind of pitcher I am now. And I look back to when I was throwing with them and I'm completely different. Just kind of with the knowledge that I have now, obviously just maturing. Um, but going into my last spring training, I had known that my velocity needed to kind of pick up a little bit to stick around. And I knew that. So they, they, they run a, a velocity camp, I believe, eight weeks before spring training and leading into spring training. And I had asked to go. Um, and I had never gotten invited. I'm not putting the blame on them for because obviously there was stuff that I could have done myself, but it was kind of just, you know, it is what it is. Um, like I said, I have nothing but respect for that organization. They've been probably the best organization in baseball the past three years, um, especially with player development and stuff like that. Um, so, and there are a lot of guys that, that I started off in, in the organization with that are, either they've made their big league debuts last year or they're on the brink of. So it's, that's pretty cool uh, to witness. But yeah, other than that, it's just, it's, I've adapted. Um, I've made improvements. I've made adjustments that, that needed to be made. And I just feel like I'm a much, much better pitcher than I was four or five years ago. Yeah, it sounds like even though, you know, it didn't work out for the two sides with you and the Rays, it it was a learning experience for you and it helped you kind of key into what you needed to do in the off season. And yeah. That, you know, the not throwing was not for you that you needed to keep it going. And obviously, you know, at the end of the day uh, you are back and uh, in division, obviously with Tampa Bay as well, yes. signing with the Orioles. So we get back to our conversation with Orioles minor league right-hander Matthew Vogel in just a second but first, let's talk about betonline.net. And yes, football might be over, and we've crowned the Rams as the champions, but basketball is still in full steam for both pro and college hoops. Just had the NBA trade deadline with some stars moving places, and guess what? We are only a couple of weeks away from March. Some people say, including me, the best month of the year for sports with March Madness coming up. And from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports, scores, podcasts, and news this season as well. And it's not just about football, not just about basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Winter Olympics coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at betonline.net, where the game starts. To, to finish up here, we got to go back to, to signing with the birds. And just first of all, I got to say, love the picture you put out uh, after you signed with oh. the Orioles of uh, the Little League Orioles gear. But, uh, you know, I'm sure there was just elation from you, from people you knew, like, 
who were, were some of the people that, that reached out or were just happiest for you in, in that moment to, to get that, uh, get that gig again and, and be back with an organization in the major leagues? So really it just, obviously, uh, my family, um, my friends, um, it's kind of full circle, you know, it's now I'm not saying I'm going to end my career with the Orioles or anything, but that'd be pretty cool to kind of start your, your, your baseball career as a four-year-old playing t-ball and ending on that kind of same team that you, uh, that you play on now. But no, I, I owe a lot to, um, after I got released by the Rays, I had started throwing with a new pitching coach. I started working out with a new trainer. Um, and I kind of owe them a lot, um, for kind of guiding me the past three years. Um, so I appreciate them and I owe them the world. Um, but other than that, just kind of, I guess my wife as well, um, who's kind of been with me the past eight years and kind of seen me go through everything, through all my ups and downs. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just kind of a whirlwind of emotion that it's been four years and not playing affiliated ball. And now I'm 26 and I got the opportunity and I understand what that means. It's if I don't produce, if I don't do well, I'm sorry, see you later. And I understand that it's, you know, I'm older now. I, I understand this, this game, this business. So there, to me, there's no pressure. It's either I do well, I keep moving up. If I don't do well, like I said, see you later. Again, so I'm going into spring training in the season with that mindset. And it's, you know, if I get released and I don't produce, then, okay, it's on me. It's not on anyone else. Um, so like I said, I'm older now. It is it is what it is. But I'm looking forward to this season. Yeah, so I do want to ask about kind of what does the what does the schedule look like coming up for you? Because we're in February now, which means it's uh, – it's baseball season right around the corner. So, you know, yeah. as you get ready for affiliated spring training for the first time in, in, you know, four plus years here, what's this, uh, what's this schedule look like coming up for you? So really, I, I'm still waiting on more information. I don't really know. Um, I think everybody is at this point. Yeah. It's kind of just, I, all I know is whenever the time comes, I'll be ready. And that's, again, that's all, kind of that I'm really worried about whether it's tomorrow or, or two weeks from tomorrow, it, it doesn't matter. Um, but next few weeks are going to just kind of be just nice and nice and chill. Um, make sure everything's right. My body's feeling, feeling, feeling good. Um, and spend time with my, with my friends and family, my wife, before I leave. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm just I, I want to go. I'm, I'm trying to start the season as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, so plus I'm trying to get out of the cold. It's not it's not it's been kind of brutal here in New York. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm ready. Um, yeah. I'm ready to go. Sarasota is going to feel nice uh, when you get down. Yes, there it is. From from New York. But uh, yeah, you know, I'd. I did want to ask you the last thing, you know, we, this is also an interesting thing for you because, you know, last time you were in affiliated ball, you were, you know, 21 years old, you had made it briefly to high A, 
now you are 26 in a new organization. So the question a lot of people ask is, you know, where do you start a guy like Matthew Vogel in the minors? So I just wanted to ask you, you know, what are your goals in terms of your own personal development this year, but then also, you know, where would you like to see yourself in the organization this year? Because I think there's a lot of different places you could start and a lot of different places you could finish up, you know, by September in this Orioles organization. So really it's, I'll let, I'll let my play um, and my performance kind of dictate that. I don't really want to talk much about um, or give you much insight about that because I don't want to, I don't know really what's going on just because I'm brand new to the organization, but wherever I start and wherever I end up, um, obviously the goal is always to make it to the big leagues. I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but that's kind of just the mindset to me going into this. It was, it's kind of a, it's, it's the Orioles can't lose on this. Okay. It's a free agent signing. Um, I don't really care about the money. But it's not like you didn't give me money or anything like that. So if I don't do well, then, like I said, see you later. But if I do do well and I keep moving up, and just say I make it to the big leagues. It's a win-win. Um, and to me, it's kind of just if I perform well, then I perform well. I don't know if they want me to be a reliever, starter, whatever the case is. You want me to open up games. You know, you tell me what you want me to do and I'm going to do it as as kind of corny as that sounds um but it's the truth like i said i'm 26 i have nothing to lose um i haven't i haven't played affiliated ball in four plus years um so whether i start up in high a double a end up in triple a whatever the case is um each level that i go to it's going to be the same mindset it's going to be the same goal um so win games help the organization, help whoever needs, you know, uh, whatever they need, I'm going to do it. Simple as that. Well, Matthew, just wanted to congratulate you on, you know, you're probably one of the guys in baseball who had maybe one of the best off seasons. You get married and you get the affiliated contract uh, that you've been waiting for. So uh, that's a heck of a couple (laughs) months for you. And we hope that continues as spring training starts and, uh, We obviously hope to see you in Baltimore as soon as possible, but thanks so much for giving us so much time today to talk about your career and uh, what's coming up next for you as you join uh, the Oreos organization. Thank you again for having me. I really appreciate it. So our thanks again to Orioles minor league right-handed pitcher Matthew Vogel for joining the podcast for a fantastic in-depth conversation about him and his baseball career and his journey to get here with the Orioles. And again, it will be interesting to see, you know, where Vogel starts the year. Obviously, he got up briefly to high A with the Rays, but that was at age 21. That was back in 2017. That was five years ago. He's a completely different pitcher and completely different person at this point, as he talked about in our conversation. And so it will be interesting to see where he starts. If I had to guess, I would say he probably begins the year out of the double-A Bowie bullpen and then kind of works his way up from there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see a guy who hasn't been an affiliated ball since 2017, although he was with the Rays working an indie ball. And, you know, he's got some some good stuff on the hill 
Uh, that fastball is solid. And you talked about, you know, we knew him initially when he signed for that big loopy breaking ball. But it's interesting to hear him say, you know, that Matt is working on that pitch to be a much tighter breaking ball with more velocity. So we'll see how that changes, how he looks on the mound when he gets out there for the minor league season. And when we talked, it was not announced when minor league camp would start. So he was not sure when he would be reporting. But we did hear last week that Orioles minor league pitchers will report to minor league camp on February 28th. That is uh, in a couple Mondays from now. So I would assume that's when Matthew is going to report as well and start his first season with the Baltimore Orioles organization. But we thank him once again so much for joining the podcast. Again, Matthew Vogel, look out for him. Uh, most likely coming out of the bullpen in the Orioles system this year. And again, at age 26 with so much professional baseball in his back pocket already, if he's pitching well, he could be potentially a fast riser who starts at double A, goes to triple A, and he could be in the majors in 2022 if all things break right for Matthew Vogel. And again, kind of the last thing with the conversation with him, really cool how he tweeted out that picture on his Twitter account. Go check it out. As soon as he signed with the Orioles of him, he was on the Orioles in Little League. His first Little League team tweeted out a picture of him, uh, you know, couldn't have been maybe seven or eight in the full Orioles uniform. That was uh, kind of a fantastic full circle moment we talked about as well. But here on the podcast this week, we got one more episode coming up for you on Friday, and it is another special guest who is joining the podcast. Now, it's going to be a member of the Orioles minor league system, but this time it's not a player. We're going to talk to an Orioles minor league coach on Friday's episode. And the guest will be Troy Marrow, who was hired by the Orioles this offseason to be a fundamentals coach in the minor league system, where he will be working with the FCL Orioles down in Sarasota this season. Now, Marrow has had a really interesting career leading up to this point with the O's. Talked about him on an episode a couple of weeks ago when we talked about all of the Orioles coaches. He grew up in the Baltimore area, played his high school baseball here, and then went to North Carolina Central, played Division I baseball there, ended up working as a graduate assistant coach after that. Then he worked with USA Baseball. Then he went as a college assistant again. Then he worked in baseball ops with the San Francisco Giants for two years before taking a volunteer mentor job. Then he was an athletic director at a school in Baltimore. And now he is with the Orioles getting hired back in November. So we'll talk with Troy about his not just baseball journey, but professional journey growing up in the area and uh, what led to him being hired by the Orioles. Then we'll talk about, you know, what is a you know fundamentals coach, a developmental coach. We'll talk about what his roles will be in the organization this season. But that's all coming up on Friday's episode with new Orioles minor league coach Troy Marrow. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.